Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I'm the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I'm coming to you today from Harlem, and um, it's a nice day. Hi, I am Seth Rodney. I am a senior editor at the Hyperallergic Blog and a recent author of the book, The Personalization of the Museum Visit. And I'm coming to you from the South Bronx, and I'm a lover and a fighter. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is too, uh, re- that reminded me of uh, Ebony and Ivory. Uh, you know, the the back and forth between Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. He says that at the beginning of the extended version. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Uh, <laughs> the girl is mine. That's the girl is oh, mine. Oh, girl is mine. Girl, girl is, is mine. mine. Sorry, That's thank right. you. That was the Stevie other Wonder. Paul McCartney. Yes. You know, you know, it's so funny. So I, I'll get to our tagline in a second. I, Se- Stephen was li- so there are a handful of topics and c- people in, in conversation that when they look at me funny, I start to second guess what I'm saying. Most of the time, I, I, I just go like, "This person's just wrong." Let me finish talking. And, <laughs> and <laughs> that's kind of a joke. But Stephen was looking at me skeptically. I was like, "Ah, oh, I fucked that up, didn't I? Yeah. I got it wrong." <laughs> I have the Power to change <laughs> people and things with my words. So, uh, this is this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Um, and today's topic, I had to like pull Seth into kicking and screaming. Didn't really want to talk about it because because uh, we're going to end up having to talk about it a lot in the next you know six to nine months. Mm. Um, and that is uh, the 2020 election season. So we agreed it would just Let be a single on. episode. <laughs> yeah, it's just a checkup. And, uh-huh. and you know, I probably would have gone off of it, but Stephen actually spent some time the last few days getting ready for the podcast. Not so. a lot, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot. If you call reading a few articles, listen to some news, and then I wonder what's on television, uh, you know, and then yeah, that parent, yeah. Uh, so we're, it's just going to be a checkup. We'll just kind of see where we're at with the 2020 election season, and then we'll we'll be on to another uh, long-form discussion uh, next week. So. And Stephen and I both want to kick Joe Biden out of the race right the hell now. Like right now. I don't yeah. care what the polls are saying about him having like massive black support. Uh, Here are two uh, blacks that I- do not. Yeah, (laughs) and you are and you are both representative for sure of the entire (laughs) Black Caucus. You damn Skippy! (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so what do we begin with the twenty twenty? Well, why not? Why not with that? So why? Are you now? I get. I have my own reservations about Biden, and I mm-hmm. get that. But why so strongly opposed to Biden? Because he has a bus called No Malarkey. I mean, right there. What that should be? <laughs> he has a he has a he has a tagline on this bus. He, he's driving around the No Malarkey country. No Malarkey. It's the No Malarkey tour. Like, is he right from the nineteenth century? <laughs> what is he talking th- th- about? Thank you. Thank and you, you have friends who are Malarks, and you feel like they should be included in these <laughs> Malarks. It's like no, but if you if you begin a presidential campaign in twenty twenty. With a bus that has the <laughs> phrase "No Malarkey" on it, you are obviously so out of touch with the issues that are of primary importance to Democratic candidates uh, or Democratic constituents. To young, 
Democratic candidates. N- yeah, who, no, by can- the way, don't vote. That's not true. Yeah, I, they okay. organize. They our organize. current president uh-huh. is evidence that that is true. No, uh, they just current, no, that's vote. not true. No, he <laughs> lost a popular vote by like three million votes. Travis, come on. Uh, I, I I know that, but not in the places where he needed to lose the vote. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, let's all right, let's move on. Here's all right, here's here's my my main issue with Joe Biden. He, I mean, I I, I was being kind of facetious about the no malarkey thing. Um, but the problem with him is that he doesn't, or the one, his policies are for shit. Yeah. They're nowhere near the kind of- Which policy of, is, let's be specific, which okay. policy is for shit? Okay. So specifically, vis-a-vis- I mean, as uh, much as you can articulate, I, I don't under, expect you to be like a policy expert on exactly Joe no, no, Biden's no, no. In, in, no, no. extensive catalog. Yeah, no, no, but yeah. it's, a fair, it's a fair question. So with regard to- Healthcare. Um, okay. He is with um, waffling around, basically just kind of stapling together what's left of the, uh, Obamacare, of the Affordable Care Plan, right? right? So no comprehensive vision for, or no vision for comprehensive reform and for uh, basically what Warren and, and uh, Sanders are advocating for, which is um, Medicare for all. Oh, well, Warren's waffling on that too, but mm-hmm. Medicare for all is the, is the bold and progressive proposal I think it, that's needed and really wanted by, again, Democratic constituencies. With regard to prison reform, I don't think he's anywhere on that. Um, with regard to, um, what's the other one? Um, yes, uh, reforming the Electoral College. He mm-hmm. has come out as being like saying that that's not necessary. Um, mm. With what are the other ones, Stephen? Help me out. So I'm thinking. So healthcare, electoral college. I think when you watch his debates, he gets better at trying to think about the policies that are were put on the table, and those are three of the major policies. And I'm thinking also about war. He doesn't really have a position. He's really, um, for me, Biden is full of entitlement. And doesn't feel like he has to prove to anyone that he has a position on anything unless pushed. And that's l- largely how I've been reading those performances. But also when I see him man on the street talking with people, he doesn't seem to he seems to just come in and go, you should just vote for me. I mean, he is so the so can I, I and, and one more to, thing. Wait, wait, one oh, more no, thing. Please, go ahead. One, one more thing. Too. I, was, I, I just recalled that Stephen was still speaking. One of the things that has mightily pissed me off is his insistence on saying, and he said this a few times in a few different ways, that the Republicans will come around to cooperating once Trump is gone. He said that about Mitch McConnell. He said, oh, once Trump is out of office, I am sure that I can, you know, I'll be able to work with Mitch McConnell. That sort of idiocy. Uh, I can be Trump. And I can be Trump. Okay. Yes, and I can be Trump. But I'm like, yeah, why? How? Okay. Right. So, okay. So, He's I, sundowning. Good things. I think, good things about Biden. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, let me. It's it's a lot to to respond to, and and I, again, war. Uh, Biden is not like my candidate. He's not the one that I would necessarily choose. But I do feel like, in the type of communities that we inhabit, the intellectual communities that we inhabit, mm-hmm. um, there's a little bit of piling on and tunnel vision that's going on with the Biden thing. And I think that 
it becomes a just-so explanation for a number of more ordinary explanations for what's going on. So A, the reason that he is campaigning the way that he is is because he's the presumptive frontrunner at this point. And mm-hmm. that is that is a viable political strategy mm-hmm. to sit on your lead, right? I know that I know that um we sort of have a tendency to mm. Monday morning quarterback that kind of thing and say, like, no, you gotta be more aggressive, be more out front. Like that is now you could make an argument for that strategy. But it's also a legitimate political strategy to be like, no, I've got a comfortable lead. I'm going to continue to play it carefully and safely. And Mm. I'm getting the media attention that I need to be in the position that I need to be uh, highly competitive in the race. So I think that's A. B, the healthcare thing, he was instrumental in developing and advocating and championing Obamacare. He was one of the ones that helped push it through the Senate because of his relationships in the Senate, he believed in the legislation that they passed. And to be fair, I believe in the legislation that they passed because the number of uninsured in the company dropped to an all-time low, under 10%. Now, we're up now to 15%. So I think... I think at that point you are talking about incremental change because most people in America, most people, not you, not me, but most people are pretty satisfied with their employer-based health care. They've done, they've done some studies on this. They know, now, I'm not saying that there aren't a significant minority that are unhappy. I am not saying that the healthcare system is not broken. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying that it's, it doesn't make him heartless to want to support and improve a program that he spent a great deal of political capital developing. It's but it's an odd thing to think about when you you talk about most people are being satisfied with their health care when you th- when I think that the um the way the media and the way that it's it's put out into the ether that people feel like they're losing something if there's universal health care that sounds weird to me that sounds like yeah. I'm not sure why that people are like I'm I'm satisfied with my single health care and I go but you could lose your job. Like, there are no contingencies in this plan. So I feel very weird about the way that it's promoted. Do you know? For me, I am personally in favor of the public option and not universal health care for this very reason. Healthcare is a trillion-dollar industry. When you look at the number of jobs and people that are employed by healthcare providers, mm-hmm. and I don't trust in any any policy group's wisdom to reconfigure the American healthcare system tabula rasa as if they can just we have to we have inherited a Byzantine complicated massively inefficient healthcare system and I do think we need to work towards continuing to amend and adapt that system to the 21st century and improve that system. But if you Mm. were tomorrow to just sort of by fiat say, we now have universal health care, you would, it would be like, let's throw a wrench in the engine and wait till the engine blows up and then we can reassemble the parts into something new. Like it would cause massive, massive, massive economic and medical disruptions. So I I am in favor uh, now for me like and I, and then I'll kick it back over because I can I can tell you're skeptical about it Stephen which I understand. Uh-huh. 
My, my philosophical position is that a society has a responsibility to provide mm-hmm. health care to all of its members. That is my belief. That is my like bedrock belief. I feel like because that is a key part of being involved in a human community is that we take care of the people that are part uh-huh. of our community. That's what I believe. But I feel like to get there requires careful, small changes over time because we have such a broken system now. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm no, 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 no. Well, what I want to say, because I think what's, what I'm afraid of doing, um, I'm mindful of the time, and we could get bogged down yeah, in just talking fair. about Joe Biden. You're right. So why, right. Don't we just, why don't we just put a pin in that, just, just for now, and talk about some <laughs> of the other candidates that have really either bothered us or excited us, uh, and, and, or the ones that we've mourned, we mourn because they've left the race. So I appreciate that, and I want to do that. Can we let Stephen have a response yes, to what please. I had said about the, the, oh, well, the healthcare? So, so oh, it's a good response too. I'm not that informed about the whole system crashing if we go to universal healthcare. So I want to <laughs> right. think about that because I, I don't feel it personally, but I don't have enough information to argue mm-hmm. against you. Mm-hmm. So I can okay. come back and do my research. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Got it. Sounds good. So, Seth, do you want to lead off with which, I mean, since you were kind of watching? Mm-hmm. Have... I'm sorry that Julian Castro is out of the race. Uh, uh, of, mm. the, of the candidates, and I think I said this months ago, of the candidates who were in the race, are, were and are in the race, the ones I'm most excited by were Julian Castro and Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. I still am plugging for Elizabeth Warren. I like their positions Me too. Me too. on mm-hmm. prison reform, on electoral reform, on health care generally, mm-hmm. on armed interventions um, internationally, and uh, particularly on student debt. Mm-hmm. I feel like Julian Castro also just, you know, it was, what was the word, encouraging to see uh, a man of color on stage and not the sort of blizzard that we have now uh, mm-hmm. Of candidates, I mean, there's I I I think both of you know, like I have my reservations about representation being so sort of one to one, so sort of obvious. Like mm-hmm. Kamala Harris doesn't necessarily represent my politics, right? Even though mm-hmm. she's a black woman, and you'd be in jail. But, Go ahead. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. How about that, Kamala? <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. And you can't dance in 2024. You can't yeah. dance either. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I loved Julian Castro's policies, and I thought that he had real rigor, intellectual mm-hmm. rigor, and he spoke with conviction. And mm. I'm just sorry. I, like, I, I actually gave, I think I've given more money this past year to those two presidential candidates than I'd ever before, and mm-hmm. Warren and Julian Castro were the ones that okay. mm-hmm. um, I supported. Nice. What about you, Stephen? So, who disappoints me other than Booty Judge for so many reasons? He is, he's almost the perfect political candidate in the sense that he says nothing. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. seem to love him because according Mm -hmm. to the predictions in terms of the upcoming um, primaries, it's Biden closely followed by Sanders and then Elizabeth and then Booty Judge. And mm-hmm. so, like Biden, I wonder why Buttigieg is there. Mm-hmm. And I've heard, you know, I've read some critique pieces on him, and I've actually heard him speak or just even mm-hmm. defend himself. And I think that folksy sort of way that he speaks, yeah, and 
and how he was it what was the bat cave not the bat cave but the cave the, oh yeah the, oh, the, the, the wine, wine cave, cave. <laughs> the yeah. wine cave um, that there are little things about him that make me go if if there's something in there that's working that I'm missing, it's because I don't trust the package. And so when we right. talk about representation, mm-hmm. you don't have to look like mm-hmm. me to for me to support what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sure, not a yeah. white woman. I like Elizabeth Warren a lot, mm-hmm. but I listen to Booty Judge, and I feel like he is kind of what I was mentioning. I think in one of our last podcasts about the gay Republican, right? I look at Booty mm-hmm. Judge and I go, "You're just this far from being. Your policies are just." average and you're not mm-hmm. again you're like you're like biden you kind of you're in there but look at your mm-hmm. record in indiana with black people mm-hmm. and look at your mm-hmm. record in indiana period not even just black people mm-hmm. so why would i want you as a president i think it's because you can play the piano you can speak in different languages you know what's interesting <laughs> a lot of the motherfuckers who are running for president have multiple talents and have gone mm-hmm. to ivy league school Thank the you. media does not take him to task in a way that they have taken warren they ignore Sanders. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they pretty much ignore Sanders, which I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I think of Booty Judge, I go, this is, I, I, he helps sharpen my sensibilities about what a candidate could be like. It makes me even think larger about not just people promising things, but what does your record look like? Right. And, and how do you, you know, I feel like you're in a space where you're, um, and I'm talking about Booty Judge, where you, feel like or at least you there's an entitlement there as well that you're entitled to this because you make sense and you speak a certain kind of way and dot 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 and i'm like but you're not saying anything (laughs) yeah agreed you're not saying a fucking thing so i I totally agree i appreciate um uh, booty judge's appeal to decency that articulation of it Uh, i Mm. i do completely agree that he does get a little bit of the like he gets the media attention of like look how talented talented my like my eight-year-old is right you know i mean it's that type of treatment because you're absolutely right most of the people in the race on the democratic side at least are incredibly accomplished uh, Mm -hmm. people that that (laughs) have a variety of talents and abilities that are totally irrelevant to running the country and so and so i agree i absolutely agree with that i think you know there's a little bit of push i don't think some of the the media attention, this is a complaint in every presidential election, you know, well, mm-hmm. this person doesn't get as much criticism. I think because in the media, it's not taken very seriously that he would get the nomination. Um, and and so I, now I might be mm-hmm, wrong about mm-hmm. that. Maybe maybe it is some other uh, bias that's going on. And I do think that he is sort of the the darling of the. I went to Brown set of of mm. voters. Um, but that's a good point, though, Travis, about this idea of we don't take him that seriously, so we do these puff pieces on him, right? Yeah, maybe, I, and, and that's something. That's, that's there's something to that. Maybe. Although, although that's one of the ways we ended up with our current president too. So is by not taking people seriously that could be exactly. taken seriously. I'm still. Well, he also I'm with, had Cambridge Analytica and the Russians. Let's not yeah. ever forget that. <laughs> that's not um, forget that. I, I am with you, and so it probably isn't that interesting to talk about, but I'm with both of you that I still like Elizabeth Warren. I still mm-hmm. think she's the real deal. I think um, – I feel like in longer-form interviews that I've read with her and, and uh, people that have worked with her over the years that she understands the difference between campaigning and governing mm-hmm. um, and that okay. I, th- I think a lot of the criticisms of her campaigning – 
the assumption that that would be how she governs, I think, is probably mistaken. I she would Ooh. still be my first choice. I, mm-hmm. I think I I still really I do really like Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really liked Sanders. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's just for a number of reasons, some interesting, some not. Uh, yeah, I, I mean it, the Castro thing. You know, n- none of the other people like Castro. I didn't know that much about him, Seth. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, I you know I know he had a position in the Obama administration, and mm-hmm. I know that he. I thought he acquitted himself well in the debates, the ones that I watched. Me too. Um, mm-hmm. And he seems very serious. Um, and uh, I, you know, who else I also liked, even though as I watched him, it was very clear he wasn't going to catch is Cory Booker. Mm-hmm. And because I, I think, as far as if we're if we're to measure a politician against this this sort of traditional skills of a politician, which is as a communicator and someone being likable and capable in that arena, that guy was like NBA level. I mean, his his really? responses, his the way he would craft his mm. um, you know, his one minute to to respond, like he was all over that. I mean, you know, he didn't catch and I I know Stephen has mentioned having some objections. I don't really have a strong opinion for mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. as far as his policies go. For me, I wish this wasn't the case. I think honestly, I think you guys have a little bit more integrity about it than I do around mm. the 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 2020 field. I just want someone to be Trump. I really don't care that much who gets mm, the nod mm. from the Democratic field. I just want someone to beat him. That that is like, and I understand that mm-hmm. that's a handicap because that that sort of I'm using a different calculation in how I read the mm-hmm, candidates mm-hmm. than I would under normal circumstances. But I actually, I just want someone to beat him. That's really what I care about. Well, you and I, I mean, there's about maybe two inches of daylight between your position and mine. Yeah. And, mm. and I suspect between your position and mine and Stevens. But I do think that 2021 rolls around. And if Biden is in the White House, I don't have a lot of faith in things substantively changing uh, at the policy levels we've been talking about or in the policy areas right. we've been talking about. Right. But if Warren is in the White House, or for that matter, frankly, if Sanders is in the White House, I do see those things significantly changing. I see those things. I see if you the have effort. The Senate. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I see the effort. I'm not sure if I'll see the change. And that's where I'm kind of exhausted with the idea of someone who's more of a, who's seen as more of a uh, less radical because Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders aren't radical in terms Agreed. of their policies. <laughs> Agree. It's how they're being framed. And it's also about the structure of the U.S., right. you know, yeah. which is why I said I need to do a little bit more research. When I read their policies on healthcare, they sound really necessary and, and human, humanistic than the others, right? Right. Yeah. Where people yeah. say go slow. I feel like I'll feel like I'm here in this Mississippi goddamn by Nina Simone. You keep yeah. telling me go slow, go slow. And I'm like, yeah. people are dying and they continue to die. And I know that mm-hmm. we it sounds like, oh, people are dying. What about the children? But no, these things do affect people on a very personal level. And for those yeah. of us who have some kind of health care or privilege or whatever, it's I think it's unfathomable in some ways for people to see how these policies have damaged people for generations. Mm. And so that kind yeah. of hunger for change, I don't want it to supersede my sensibilities about looking at things intellectually, but also don't want my intellectual part to oversee the emotional part yeah. of it and mm-hmm. the humanistic part of it. So mm-hmm. why can't we 
why can't not raise the whole thing, but really push for these reforms? Definitely in terms of the Electoral College and how we vote. Because mm. we're looking at a Supreme Court. We're looking at um, mm-hmm. judges. We're mm-hmm. looking at a lot of folks that we presume that are Republican that we presume don't have the best countries, the country's best interests at heart. We have the fear of the country going, yeah, I just don't want to live next door to or I don't want to lose my job over here. Or I feel Mm -hmm. like somebody Mm -hmm. like crazy Elizabeth Warren, who looks like my teacher, is going to get up there and take away my health care. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like that we live in a very interesting moment where we have to think about being compassionate and loving and wonderful to people and going, who can get the job done and who's going to take the system to task? in a way because now we have a system that has come that continues to completely alienate a great deal of its constituency mm-hmm. and i'm talking yeah, about I, not just people of color and not just queer people i'm talking about white people too mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i'm talking yeah, about people sure. who identify in a lot of different ways who mm-hmm. are just as just as far from losing their job or mm-hmm, you know or mm-hmm. paycheck to paycheck who mm-hmm. still advocate for policies that do not benefit them mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. long run so I, I think I saw a tweet the other week that said something like, it was some, I, I don't remember the, the, the number, but it was some ridiculous percentage of Americans who would have trouble getting together. It was something like $400, $500 to cover. Oh, yeah, I've like, seen these. Yeah, I've cover, seen these before, yeah. To cover a bill, uh, an unexpected mm-hmm. bill. Like they would have trouble getting that together mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and I and I have to say you know I was there four yeah. years ago I was there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was there and and now and I have to I, I mean I don't I'm hesitating to say this but mm. I just got a credit card the other day and actually yeah it's, a, it's an American Express card and when I saw like the, the credit the sorry the um, the AP APR Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the annual percentage rating is 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 terrible. It's awful. I didn't know mm-hmm. this when I signed up for it, but I, I got the first year free. Whatever, whatever. But then mm-hmm. I saw how much purchasing power I have. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is this is crazy. Like I could mm-hmm. literally take this card and like go to anywhere in the world mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. worry about it later, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. literally. And I'm like. How is that even possible? Like what what kind of and I'm not I'm I'm part of the precariat, right? Like I'm not at mm-hmm. all wealthy. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is all like theory money, right? But mm-hmm. still I'm in a position now where I can I can do that and I and and I am thankfully in a position where I if I got a bill for $500 I could I could deal with it. Mhm. I don't understand what is what I'm saying is I don't understand now being in a position where you don't have that 500 and I don't know what life actually looks like from that perspective. But you and, do. But you did. You, you, no, yeah, I did. So. I did, but I don't now. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, yeah, but, but what's the difference? But it mean that, yeah, it doesn't mean that you're blind to the when you say you don't know. I mean, you do know intimately what that's like. I did, right. But but I don't now, and I'm wondering whether. The problem is that there are so many people mm-hmm. that haven't had that, and mm-hmm. there's so many people that or, or have had it in for, uh, haven't had it for such a long time that they the politics get skewed and they don't right. they don't like they 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 can't empathize with folks in the other 
in the other situation. Yeah, one of the things. So one of the um, I forget he's a he's a, a well known in those circles uh, conservative uh, political analyst, not on TV but in writing. Like he writes for London Review of Books and New York Review of Books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But after the twenty sixteen election, um, he published an article uh, about, you know, kind of a postmortem of what happened. And he did not call, he did not predict Trump's election, but what he did do, and to be clear, he is not, uh, doesn't, is not a supporter of Trump, but mm-hmm. um, in 2012, 2014, something like that, um, I guess the United States government produces a big book of uh, price indexes for the auto industry. Mm-hmm. And that it was the first year, the 21st century was uh, the first time that the cost of a new car exceeded the uh, purchasing power of an average middle-class salary earner in the Midwest, Mm -hmm. meaning that a new car, a base model new car, was so expensive that a family that made $35,000, $40,000 a year could not afford to purchase a new car. Uh, And that that was a tipping point uh, for the American political system, because when you have alienated such a significant swath of the voters from being able to buy into one of the iconic purchases of being an American, you are essentially disenfranchising a great number of people. Hmm. Now, his angle on that is that he blames, um, you know, the number of regulations and safety features that need to go into. Well, it's not so you may disagree, but it's not stupid. It's actually it's not it's not stupid that you are required to buy a car with a backup camera. It's not stupid that you Mm. are required to I mean, that that there are costs associated with now you may not agree. Now, maybe you agree that maybe you think that's the safety is in um, should trump these other aspects. So I, I have no problem with that, but it's it's not a stupid position to take. And I do think that the main, and this is where, to try and pull it back to our topic of conversation, this mm-hmm. is where I think Warren has correctly diagnosed the problem and where she has accurate, I think where she has characterized herself as opposed to Sanders. So Sanders is in favor of a socialist system. I know that we have some disagreements around that. But Warren mm-hmm. is basically a capitalist who believes that capitalism is broken. And and I and I do mm. believe that that the accumulations and disparities in wealth, the mass inequality that we have in this country currently mm-hmm. is what is driving a lot of this animus. And I think mm-hmm. that Warren is serious about tackling that problem. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that mm-hmm is to be pugnacious mm-hmm. and to go and to go to war for it. Uh, I don't mean literal bombs, but I mean mm-hmm. like culture, a cultural war over it because entrenched money interests are very much resistant to any to any of that being taken away from them. Okay, is this so William Sapphire? A... I'm sorry? Who wrote the article? Was it William Sapphire? Yes, yeah. Okay, oh, okay. I thought so. Okay, so, <laughs> so here's why... So. I th- thank, you, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> so here's so, why yeah. I think mm-hmm. that position is stupid because... And, and maybe that, and, just so that we're communicating well, <laughs> right? <laughs> and maybe maybe that isn't the right word to use, but that, here's why I right. think that it it makes no sense mm-hmm. because it's not because the underlying premise to that argument is that it's not it's the economy that determines people's 
politics. Like it's the, it's your position in the economy that 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 shapes your politics. Hmm. Actually, it's the other way around. It's your politics that ends up giving you an understanding of uh, an actionable understanding of where you are in the economy. So people in the Midwest who can't afford to get that base model car are going to blame regulations instead of blaming what I think, where I think the, the, um, the responsibility lies, which is a series of Republican-led boom and bust economies that, eventually, that essentially have suppressed wages over the past 40, 50 years, so they have not kept, uh, kept pace with productivity. The, the spending power that they should have, that, that mm-hmm. Midwest family, should have now is not what they have, not because of regulations, but because they've inherited an ideology that says it's the government's fault that that we aren't have we don't have this like full on laissez faire free free do what you want marketplace mm. where people could buy, could could build a shitty car which would essentially end up being a kind of um, ninety mile an hour bomb going down the highway mm. <laughs> right that and they blame the government for 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 um, handcuffing these mm-hmm. businesses. And that's not where the problem is. That's not the fundamental issue. That's my argument. Can I, can I uh, quickly respond before Stephen yes. uh, jumps yeah. in, which is, yeah. uh, I think the distinction, the, politi- the political, your politics determining how you interpret your economics is uh, very insightful. And I completely agree with you. And I think it's very helpful. And I do think that that undermines his argument entirely. Just that initial, that first, that first move, I think, absolutely allows you to undo his argument and and see it from that point of view. So I think that's very helpful. The only other thing I would just add is to say that um, I don't think it's just the boom and bust cycle that has uh, alienated Midwest voters. Mm -hmm. I think I think time and innovation has begun to pass them by and that there are always winners and losers in progress. Mm. Always, always, Mm. always, always. We don't like that idea. I'm not not saying in this conversation, but in our popular discussion of those things, we don't like to to talk about that. Agreed. But Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm, that is mm -hmm. just what happens. Agreed. There are are winners and losers. Giving, enfranchising black voters in the south took away political power from whites exactly it just mm-hmm. did like right. they they had few like manumission meant that white people had to pick their own cotton or you yeah, know yeah. like or force black people into jim crow laws to do it again so mm-hmm. there are winners and losers and i'm okay with that i want the other side to lose because i think they're wrong and right. so yeah anyway wow so i'm just thinking about symbols about this idea of the automobile automobile being symbol and a symbol of mm. of mobility of being you know making it you know maybe even some more in some ways than a house mm-hmm. um mm. and maybe marriage and i thought about being from the midwest and being a kid and watching the the light dim on our city in mm. a lot of other cities that were mm. car manufacturers Mm-hmm. Where there mm-hmm. were constant layoffs, I was hearing, hearing that lot as a kid, including ended up dusting off the conversations and the things that I remember as a kid around unions, right, being mm-hmm. di- dis- disempowered, or that mm-hmm. teachers were being seen as if they wanted more money, were seen as um, 
the enemies of, mm. <laughs> you know, the, mm. um, yeah. right? So yeah. I'm just the municipalities, it, yeah. Right, yeah. that, that yeah. demonization, but also yeah. Yeah. to get back to the automobile and also that that people were like, you know, we're talking about people who felt like, in, at least in my neighborhood and, and from my, my friends who had people who worked in the auto industry and other factories was it was a blow it was more than just an economic blow it was a, mm. an emotional sort of i'm not a man anymore blow because mm. i don't have this Absolutely. job so for me yeah. it was the symbols that undergird a lot of what you guys were talking about for me and i said mm. wow 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 so how does one rebuild that you know when i go back right. to the midwest when i go yeah. back to ohio when i go back to toledo which is a stone store from detroit it's as we all see, Detroit is being built up again, and they're saying, "Oh, it's coming mm -hmm. back. It's a comeback city." Mm. But what they lost in the fire of that of that moment that of that losing was really profound and hit families yeah. really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. so, where Ohio turns purple every now and then, it's really solidly a red state that's mm -hmm. in mourning of that mm -hmm. losing. So, mm -hmm. in the wake of that, I find it: how do you rebuild from that? And I, I need think to that will pay attention to that. I think the last, I think your characterization of it as a state and a portion of the country in mourning is apt, is exactly uh -huh. right. I, yeah. I, I really think that that sort of, Agreed. that gets to the heart of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Agree. Um, so we went way over. So there's we 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 pulled the end of the conversation, Seth, but we ended up going way over on our time. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, do you have Seth? Do you want to wrap up with anything before I just let our listeners know what we're talking about next week? Or no, no, no. I, I think that we we covered some good ground. Um, I am not looking forward to having these conversations <laughs> in the next six to nine months because they're going to be yeah. fraught and um, yeah. going to start pulling my hair out at some point. But, you know, um, we live here and we're just going to have to go through it. Yeah. Oh, Stephen, go ahead. What were we going to say? No, just, Sorry. I'm just nodding at Seth and going, yeah. absolutely. I think, and I'm not necessarily not looking forward to it because I want to think it through and become a better, more um, engaged person when it comes to this process to be able to really kind of mm -hmm. see the gaslighting, see the terrible reporting, see some really good reporting. I'm kind of excited about it because I feel like we're in the whirlpool. We're in the vortex. <laughs> we might as well have a good time. Let's just get in. Yeah. Just oh, get yeah. in. I did, one, one more thing I, 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 meant, I meant to um, say. Um, I just mm -hmm. remembered. I used to be a member of the Independent Party. I was a registered independent since I came back mm -hmm. to New York in 2011. Mm -hmm. I just switched my party affiliation to Democrat because I want Dem the Democratic Party because I want to be able to vote in the primaries. I think that's mm -hmm. crucial. Awesome. Someone told mm -hmm. me that. I'm like, okay, I'm all in. I'm all in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So next week, we will be talking about communities. Um, nice. Mm -hmm. And from a variety of angles. So uh, thank you, my friends, and thank you, listeners. And uh, we'll uh, speak to you next week. Next Take week. care. Bye. Bye-bye.